Welcome back to a mental health break with Vincent A. Lancy. I'm excited to launch another episode for you all. I'm Vincent Lancy, speaker and author of the book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption. When I was 21 years old, I was the victim of a hit and run accident while walking home from a friend's birthday. After coming out of a coma and suffering from a traumatic brain injury, or as you may know of as a TBI, I soon realized that it was time to put my mental health on a very, very high pedestal. This podcast is all things mental health. Would it benefit you to hear from mental health professionals and influencers? Would it also add value to your life to hear real-life, authentic stories from people talking about their mental health, the issues they face, and how they actively combat them? If so, you came to the right place. I want to start by congratulating you for making your mental health a priority. On this episode, I'm happy to introduce my guest, Dr. Anita Sands. We actually met because I sent her a book once I received my author copies in hopes to make a difference together one day, and here we are. As I was searching for mental health influencers and doctors to connect with, she was at the top of many, many lists. I'd like to now introduce Dr. Anita Sands. Thank you for having me, Vincent. It's great to have you, Anita. Why don't you go ahead and share a bit of your story and then touch on what you're working on today? Sure. Well, um... I was so glad to connect with you and to hear about your story. Um, I think I shared with you a little bit that I have a family member who's um, still in the process of recovering from uh, TBI. So I'm really interested. I'm working uh, my way through your book right now, but I love it. And thank you so much for writing it. It gives um, a lot of hope to people who are recovering. um, from. That's my goal for sure. Yes, from the effects of TBI. So thank you so much for doing that. I've been in um, private practice working with individuals from you know lots of different walks of life, and the things that um, I have found that are the most important um, is fostering hope and helping people to become more and more resilient, and I think you and I are, are on the same page there. Absolutely, Anita. Thank you so much for joining me again today. Something I do on each episode is I share a story of someone who is famous that battles mental health issues because I want all of the listeners to know you are not alone. I also want you to understand that even though someone may look healthy from the outside, they may be far from it on the inside. I checked out two articles from Business Insider to learn more about Michael Phelps and his mental health issues. I've heard about them briefly in the past, but needed to learn more. He's been very vocal about his mental health issues, but only after not being vocal for far too long. For many years, he battled untreated mental health issues and says this caused him towards dangerous behaviors. This includes getting pulled over for a second DUI charge in 2014 when he was speeding. Phelps now speaks on his story to help impact and save others' lives. He's been quoted saying that when he was at his low points, he wasn't even able to get out of bed. Not only did he not want to get out of bed, everyone, but he says, and I quote, I didn't want to be alive anymore. He says that after each Olympics ended, his mental health took a complete and horrible downward spiral. After the 2012 Olympic Games, he said something very similar to that in, quote, I wanted to die. I straight wanted to die. He eventually got the help he needed after that second DUI in 2014 and began using a lot of therapy. He wasn't that into it at first like many people, but as he continued to go, he felt much better. I can relate to this personally because I was hesitant at first after my accident, and now I realize the major dividends that it did pay. He says that talking to someone is one of the most important things you can do even though he does acknowledge everybody is different and unique. He carried stuff inside of him for 20 years, and he says he wishes he did not. 
He still actively works out, promotes water safety, and speaks on mental health. Hey, Anita, have you heard of Michael, Stel Michael Phelps' story before? Um, I had definitely heard some, but I went ahead and did a little bit more research. Um, I'm really, really glad about the work that he's doing promoting um, talking about mental health and definitely seeking help when you need it. I'm really glad about that. Very glad as well, Anita. Let's get into the main event. Each week, my guest and I will go over a series of six questions. My goal is to feature many valuable guests on this podcast, including people talking about their mental health, as well as doctors and influencers. I will ask the doctors who join the show a series of six questions while asking my patients and non-licensed influencers a slightly different series of six questions. By doing this, it will allow me to deliver as much value as possible to you, the listeners. Let's get into number one. Many would agree that the more common or talked about types of mental illnesses are mood disorders, anxiety disorders, and schizophrenia disorders. What areas do you come across the most? Okay, well, um, in my practice, um, I specialize in the treatment of eating disorders. So I certainly see, you know, that range, anorexia, bulimia, um, binge eating disorders. But I pretty much um, through the course of my lifetime have just treated the range of things that people, you know, will walk into my office with. So um, depression, bipolar disorder, all those mood disorders, anxiety disorders, panic disorder, um, I work in Florida, so with an older population, I'm also dealing with the psychological aspects of dealing with chronic illnesses and pain. And um, of course, I've always dealt with post-traumatic stress disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder. So pretty much whatever walks in my door, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm able to work with, but my specialty, of course, is eating disorders. Well, your patients are very lucky to have you because you're so passionate about your field. When did you decide that a career relating to mental health was the right career for you? Okay, well, you know, as a, as a kid growing up, I had always, I think, been interested in um, the field of psychology and mental health. I was certainly always drawn, you know, towards, um, you know, whether it was books, people's stories um, about um, their struggles, challenges, you know, even the um, artists in school that we studied who had mental health issues, I was the most interested in. Um, my family background also, uh, my, my father's side of the family were Holocaust survivors. And so the, um, you know, this idea that people who have been through trauma and um, can become resilient and can heal through that, um, and while others may, you know, look towards addictions to try to cope, uh, it was always fascinating to me to try to figure out how can we help people, you know, to heal, move in a more positive direction. So I think, you know, lots of lots of seeds planted early. Um, but when I finally made the decision, um, you know, going through high school, I was going to be I was going to major in business. So, you know, we were more we were more on that page. I was going to be an economics major. And then the summer before my freshman year, I just started thinking, I really want to help people who are hurting. I, I, I really knew that's what I wanted to do. I changed my major to psychology before I even entered college and um, ended up uh, you know, doing some undergraduate internships and hospice and it, it just felt right. I knew that's what I wanted to do. Although I end up, you know, I own my own business now and I kind of wish I had taken more business classes as it turns out, but, um, but that's when I knew it was, it was, it was pretty early on. Thanks for sharing that incredible insight, Anita. Kind of similar with me, although obviously a little different. I went to school for finance and my MBA, and although I'm not using them directly, I still apply them to my business, I think, on a pretty regular basis, and it helps me very much. 
What advice can you give our listeners as what may be a potential early sign that they may be developing a mental illness? Such a good question, Vincent. Um, I, actually, I actually wrote an answer um, to uh, pretty close to this exact question on Quora. Um, kind of got picked up and, and sent out different ways because I think this is such an important um, thing for people to you know to consider. So um, th- I, I tried to simplify it for people because I think it is a complicated uh, question. So what I ask people to do is to think about you know these five areas of of their life. These are the big five that we're always asked to assess as a clinician. So your mood, your energy, your appetite, your sleep, and your sex drive. And then to look at these five things as it relates to these five areas. So first of all, look for extremes. So are you seeing an extreme in uh, in your mood, too high or too low? Are you looking at, again, extremes in appetite, extremes in sleep, um, extremes in sex drive, so extremes in energy, something that's not out of the norm. Okay, second, look for rapid shifts. So going from high to low, too much or too little in any of those areas. So not just extremes, but rapid shifting. Okay, that could be a sign of a mental illness. The third thing to look for in all of those five areas is abnormality. So it could be it could be where either you or someone else is saying, this is not normal. This is out of the norm, okay? Um, the fourth thing is what I call dysfunctionality. So is it causing problems with either your daily life, your ability to function, or your relationships? And then the fifth thing is concern. Are you concerned about any of those five areas? Or are you getting feedback from someone else in your life that they're concerned about how you're functioning in any of those five areas? So to me, you know, it it is a really complicated thing to try to figure out, you know, do you have a mental illness that's beginning to develop? Because it usually does happen very slowly. But I tried to make it really simple. Those are those big five areas. Look for things that are shifting. Look for extremes. Look for things that are not normal. Look for ways that it's affecting your daily functioning. And are you or are other people concerned about it? And that's just sort of a, a, a quick and you know, quick and easy way to try to figure that out. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more after my accident, especially my anxiety was through the roof and I still deal with anxiety, but not as prevalent because once I was able to start walking again with my leg, utilizing the gym has become one of the most valuable resources I have, obviously not just for physical health, but for mental health as well. Me releasing those endorphins is unbelievable. If you had to pick three and only three, Anita, what would the three most important things our listeners can do on a daily basis to start improving their overall mental health? Okay, well, first of all, I don't think it's fair that you're limiting <laughs> limiting me to three, but... I know, um, I know. I know, okay. So, um, okay, so I thought about this, the three things, and um, I you might be surprised that a psychologist is going to pick, probably not, not the third, but the first two. Um, because most people might think psychologists is going to pick more touchy-feely kinds of things related to emotions. But the number one thing that I recommend that um, my, my clients should do if they really want to improve their mental health, first thing, exercise. Exercise 30 minutes, five times a week minimum, 
And um, the mental health benefits of exercise, I think, are even more significant than the physical health benefits. And of course, we have all of the research, you know, to show for that. But my clients who will incorporate exercise into their life are doing themselves such an amazing favor. It has such a huge impact on their mental health. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is also something you might not expect a psychologist to say, but it's clean up your diet, improve your nutrition. And, and that doesn't mean, you know, be perfect about, about any of this. Um, just follow sort of what I call like a 90-10 rule. About 90% of the time, try to eat, you know, food that provides some type of really good nutrition. And then the other 10% of the time, you know, eat food for fun. It doesn't have to provide any kind of nutrition. But um, if you can really clean up what you're eating, that garbage in, garbage out uh, really does apply to us as well as to computers. So I really advise that. Um, and then the third thing, of course, is what you would expect a psychologist to say. And that is I want people to develop some type of regular stress management habit. So that could be, you know, meditation, it can be a hobby that you really love, it could be a sport, it can be um, a group activity, something that you do with friends, um, but it just needs to be something that you pretty much is, is like you protect as a non-negotiable, you work it into your life plan and you, you make a serious commitment to follow that. And so if you are pretty much making sure you're doing these three and only these three. Um, I'd like some other things as well, but if I had to pick three, these would have the most profound impact actually on your mental health, I think. I'll tell you what, since I know the answers are going to be so valuable, go ahead and give me two more. All right. The other thing, and I sort of tried to work it in with the stress management, but it's improve your time with your friends. So more socialization, um, more time face-to-face, um, I know that I know that sometimes the only way that some people can be social is online. And if that's the only way due to illness or distance, that's certainly acceptable. That's, but, a, great, that's a great point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But if um, if you can setting a time side to be able to face to face, spend really good quality time with your with your friends, with your family, that has a huge impact. And the other thing I would say is spending some time in nature now. Exercise sometimes does take place in, in nature. Some people get out and they walk or they run outside. But a lot of people do that in gyms and then they're not getting the benefit of what we know in psychology is the mental health benefits of being in green space. So uh, we know that people who can spend a certain amount of time outdoors, whether that's just walking, whether it's um, on the water, whether it's gardening, um, but being out outside in nature has such tremendous mental health benefits that that is that's another thing that I would absolutely add in and I advise it for my clients absolutely absolutely I love going outside for my breaks I'll take a five to ten minute break every so often because the next thing I usually know is it's a three-hour consecutive work stretch and it could be a 2 a.m. till dinner day and not taking much breaks but I've been trying to stay more on top of myself with it Right. And, and, you know, there are things that, that, you know, out in nature, just the ways that your, your mind focuses, the way that your eye literally focuses, the things that your, your uh, brain and your body pick up on the sensations, it's provides a different type of stimulation to the brain, which is really good for people with anxiety and for depression. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. So those are some shorter term solutions. What are one or two longer term commitments our listeners can take? 
Okay. Okay. This this one's a little bit easier because you can kind of sum up. Um, <laughs> I can sum this up a little bit better. Okay. First of all, you know, sort of the secret to good mental health, and different people have summarized it and put it into different, you know, prayers or different um, slogans. But basically, it's focus on what you have control over and let go of the things that you don't. Okay. So you know, there's a there's a million different ways to say it, but that's pretty much the secret. Um, if you can, if you, I've always said you, you're as mentally healthy as you can deal with reality. And so part of dealing with reality is figuring out what do you really have control over? And that helps you figure out what you're responsible for and uh, what do you not have control over? So what do you need to learn how to let go of? So yes, it can be complicated uh, getting up the, the motivation and learning the habits so that you start doing what you need to do in the area of what you do have control over. And yes, it can be a little complicated learning how to let go of the things that you don't have any control over, but it still is, that's, that's the basic plan right there. So if you can figure that out as a long-term commitment, um, I do think it's gonna improve your mental health drastically. The second long-term commitment that I would like people to make, and it's pretty much sort of the core of, of what I've been doing for the last 10 years, at least in terms of my social media, which is I want people to make a plan for their life. So almost all of my stuff is, you know, I had a babysitter, our favorite babysitter said, why don't you call your stuff sans plans? It rhymes, people will remember it. Make a plan for your life. I try to teach people to be intentional about what they want to accomplish so that, you know, based on your values, based on your goals, based on where you want to be in the future, you're making a plan. And then every single week, you use that week as a chance to experiment with moving yourself closer to that and, and trying out this plan and seeing what works and then you know fine tuning what doesn't and just get excited about having the rest of your life you know, to, to play with this. And so that's the other long-term you know, commitment I want people to make is make a plan, work it, fine tune it, enjoy the whole process. So that's the second thing. Thank you so much for all of that, Anita. I really, really enjoyed the 90-10 rule. I do my best with it, but as the day goes on, sometimes I am guilty of eating something that I shouldn't, but I do work hard in the gym, so I think it's okay. Give yourself 10% for fun. <laughs> Absolutely, but it motivates me to get through the day if I do slip up a little bit. Anita, it's time for the last word. Is there something you would like to share with everybody listening in that you didn't get to touch on yet today? Um, let's see. Um, I want people to know that, you know, I, I think right now I'm involved in, in, um, the giving voice to depression, um, podcast as well. And I'm on their board and, and it's, it's for suicide prevention. We're heading into, you know, the holidays as we're recording this, but actually, you know, suicide, um, sort of peaks in, um, in in the spring and actually heading into early summer and michael phelps actually i i know was one of the people who really was was uh, dealing with this issue as well and so one of the things i i definitely wanted to say is um if people are feeling suicidal i want them to know that there's hope i want them to reach out um, i'm really excited to just have found out that uh, by 2021 our country is um gearing up to actually have the 988 number as a suicide Number. I actually got a text message about that yesterday. I guess I don't know what. Just maybe it was everybody got it then. Yes. Yeah, That's so awesome. It's amazing. It's, 
awesome. It's it's you know we've needed it for a really long time, and I'm I'm really really excited about the possibilities with that. But that, that's really just about the other thing I want to say is that you know yeah, um, it's normal to struggle. It's normal for for um, anyone dealing with really uh, severe depression and even anxiety um, that can just cause a form of burnout where you just don't want to keep going. Sometimes um, that's normal to feel like you want to give up, but we want you. We want you to stick around. We want you to see what the next chapter holds. And um, there are people there, you know, just like me and you, dedicated to wanting to give you a chance to see what that's like. So, just wanted to tell people to hang in there. There's hope, and and don't give up. Yes, yes, yes. I think it's very important for people to realize that it is normal to struggle, and things will get better. Anita, can you please go ahead and share your social media or ways for our listeners to get involved with you? follow you, learn all about you. Sure, absolutely. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at SansPlans, S-A-N-Z-P-L-A-N-S. Um, I have a Facebook page, um, The Sands Plans, and my website is anitasands.com. Absolutely, Anita. Thank you so much for sharing. Everybody listening in, I promise her content is so, so valuable, so be sure to check it out. Check out the show on Instagram and Facebook at A Mental Health Break and on Twitter at Podcast by Lancey. My website is vincentalancy.com with all my social media at Vincent A. Lancy, and that's including YouTube. Check out my book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption on Amazon now, but be sure to DM me or email me. I want to hear what you think. If you enjoyed listening to today's episode, please continue listening and rate A Mental Health Break with Vincent A. Lancy five stars. I work very hard to find value delivering stories for you on each episode. And thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of A Mental Health Break with Vincent A. Lancy.